Welcome to the Business of Government Hour, a conversation about management with a government executive who is changing the way government does business. The Business of Government Hour is produced by the IBM Center for the Business of Government, which was created in 1998 to encourage discussion and research into new approaches to improving government effectiveness. You can find out more about the center by visiting us on the web at businessofgovernment.org. And now, the Business of Government Hour. Welcome to the Business of Government Hour. I'm Michael Keegan, your host and leadership fellow at the IBM Center for the Business of Government. What is the mission of the U.S. General Services Administration's Office of Government-Wide Policy? How is GSA pursuing government-wide sustainable practices? And what is GSA doing to enhance government-wide performance? I'll explore these questions and so much more with our very special guest, Crystal Brumfield, Associate Administrator of the Office of Government-Wide Policy at GSA. Well, Crystal, welcome to the show. It's great to have you. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to uh, speak with you today. So, you know, just to learn a little bit more about your uh, organization, would you describe for us the mission and continued evolution of the U.S. General Services Administration's Office of Government-Wide Policy? The Office of Government-Wide Policy's mission is to help our agency partners prepare for the future mission delivery by leveraging smart policy, analytical data, and dynamic program implementation across government. That's wonderful. It's such a critical mission. I, I, I want to understand your operational footprint. How is your office organized? Can you give us a sense of your budget or number of folks that work with you and the scale of operation? Our areas of expertise uh, span quite broadly, uh, Michael. We include acquisition policy, federal property, travel, executive councils, technology, shared services, behavior science, data analytics, regulatory management, and building performance. Uh, it's about a $64 million budget, and it includes over 200 full-time employees. That's wonderful. So, you know, given your portfolio, Crystal, I'm trying to get a sense of the specific responsibilities for the Associate Administrator of Government-Wide Policy. What are your duties and what's under your purview? And more, more importantly, how does your office support the overall mission of GSA? Sure. So thanks. So the, the the agency itself is really taking a whole of agency approach to supporting the administrator's key priorities. And my office has the responsibility of, of, of developing that into key policy and regulations. Uh, and so that includes managing the COVID-19 recovery, as well as building a bridge between uh, the economic uh, recovery uh, and tackling clim- climate crisis. We're also uh, responsible for advancing racial equity throughout our policies and regulations. You know, I was wondering, regarding those duties and responsibilities, those key areas that you're focusing on, uh, what would you say, Crystal, uh, since you've been in the the leadership role, what are some of your top challenges that you've faced or that you're facing, and how have you sought to address those challenges? So I'd say one of my top challenges is really operating in a virtual environment. As you can imagine, it could be very difficult meeting your team uh, for the first time remotely and having to work with them remotely and work on also not just meeting them, but building a culture of inclusiveness and teamwork and just building that team camaraderie uh, has been an initial challenge. In in addition to that, uh, we're operating uh, at a fast pace and we want to continue to push and push our teams uh, but we also have to balance that work-life balance. Uh, and so that too has been a challenge. 
And then finally, really just trying to move at a fast pace and also be monumentous in the in the movement. It, it's uh, and having ambitious uh, goals and priorities oftentimes can be difficult, uh, whether it's a virtual environment or not. And so having that as a goal and priority can be difficult in and of itself. Uh, but having the right team around and working together as a team has been the key to our success so far. That's wonderful. Yeah. I was wondering, uh, since you've taken over this particular office within GSA, yeah, what has surprised you most? <laughs> so the thing that surprised me most is really how, how broad the subject matter is. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, we include acquisition policy, travel, real property, councils, uh, buildings, uh, data, shared services, and uh, that can be quite intimidating kind of coming in. But the good part is, is that I have an incredible team of experts. Uh, in fact, I think they're, they're probably the best uh, in the federal government who are there to really tackle those, those issues and to help us make progress. That's wonderful. So, you know, Crystal, I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about your career path and how you got to your current leadership role. Sure. So I started my career as a tax attorney uh, working for the Louisiana Department of Revenue. I moved to, uh, to D.C. in 2009 to work as tax counsel for Senator Mary Landrieu, who was then the chair of the Senate Small Business Committee. I eventually inherited the procurement portfolio. And so my, uh, my responsibility and role expanded on the committee from not just tax to also procurement counsel. And that's really when I was introduced to GSA and I learned more, began to learn more about the agency. Then after uh, over five years at the Senate, I really wanted to uh, expand my policy experience and, and put it into practice. And that's when I left the Hill to become the vice president and chief operating officer of the DC Chamber of Commerce, which is where I ran the day-to-day -day operations of the chamber. I later became the president and CEO of the Airport Minority Advisory Council and really fell in love with aviation and, and the industry. So most recently, I worked as chief of staff with the Par Carlisle Airport Group, uh, which is a portfolio company of the, uh, the Carlisle Group, uh, which is its U.S.-based investment arm for airport infrastructure projects globally. Um, and now I'm here uh, at GSA. So I, I really think that the combination of my experiences have prepared me uh, for uh, this moment in public service, uh, pulling from my policy experience on Capitol Hill, my management experience at the Chamber and at uh, AMAC, as well as my airport infrastructure uh, experience in investing in building airports of the future uh, with, with Carlisle. And so now I think uh, it's all prepared me for this moment. Yeah, uh, I just was wondering, given your background, both uh, your professional and, and academic background as an attorney up in the Hill, now, uh, you know, at GSA doing government-wide policy, I I'm interested in understanding, in your mind, what are the characteristics of an effective leader? And perhaps you could share with us some of the leadership principles that guide your effort and how you lead. Absolutely. And so I, I think the key is really to lead by example. And that's for any leader. I truly believe in treating people uh, in the way that I want to be treated. Uh, and so I use that as an example of, of my leadership and, and really lead by using or leading with respect and, and authenticity as well as transparency. Uh, and so I encourage my team to um, really have a, a, an embracing culture of, 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 of everyone and value everyone's input. 
and I really consider myself as, as a visionary. So I encourage, in fact, I insist my team to be uh, critical thinkers and, and disruptive thinkers and, and really think outside of the norm. Uh, and then when and if we fail, then we, we fail fast, but we get back up and we try again so that we can continue towards the, the path of excellence. What are the strategic priorities for GSA's Office of Government-Wide Policy? We'll explore this question and so much more when our conversation continues on the Business of Government Hour. Welcome back to the Business of Government Hour. I'm Michael Keegan, your host, and our guest today is Crystal Brumfield, Associate Administrator of the Office of Government-Wide Policy at the U.S. General Services Administration, GSA. I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit more, Crystal, about your, um, you know, your core priorities and your strategic vision and principles that underlie your vision for the GSA's Office of Government-Wide Policy. What are your key areas of interest? So we aspire to become the most trusted source of knowledge, solutions, and innovations in driving government-wide mission support excellence which ultimately is going to lead to better government, improved citizen experience, and more cost savings. Um, our, our priorities for 2021 include uh, shared successes both internally and externally, uh, policies and programs in support of the administrative key priorities, supply chain, chain risk management cha- challenges and acquisition, more bus- business, more visibility and ability one program, and also the president's management uh, agenda and performance.gov. And then finally, it is improved government uh, performance and user experience. Yeah, as a follow-up, are there specific internal drivers or external trends that that have shaped and informed your your vision and strategy for the office? Yeah, so absolutely. For us, success is achieving the administration's goals, right? And in addition to advancing OGP's priorities and continuing the good work that the agency has already begun, uh, we also are considering the equitable and impact of pi- pri- uh, policies. And as I stated before, the mission of the agency is so massive and we are trying to create priorities that are achievable. And with that, that, that absolutely shapes and informs the way that we move and the way that we do things. So, Crystal, would you elaborate on efforts to pursue government-wide sustainable practices? How does your office, the Office of Government-Wide Policy within GSA, work with other entities such as the Public Building Service, PBS, and across the federal enterprise in this area? Sure. So, we work both across GSA with the Public Building Service and the Federal Acquisition Service primarily uh, and across government. Uh, But within GSA, we're working with PBS on setting greenhouse gas reduction targets for our real estate portfolio uh, and developing a blueprint for incorporating grid interaction technology in buildings. Uh, We're also working with the uh, green proven ground to elevate the building technologies for future improvement. We're working with FAS on sustainable procurement and fleet electrification, particularly in planning for the charging infrastructure. Uh, And then across government, we co-chair the Interagency Sustainability Working Group with the Department of Energy's Federal Energy Management Program. And our Green Building Advisory Committees uh, include representatives from across 11 other agencies. 
so we work together to develop ideas that can be uh, practical for adoption across the government. Yeah, Crystal, as a follow-up, are there any innovations uh, in this area that you'd like to highlight? Perhaps one of the most exciting uh, that I would mention today is the blueprint for grid interactive efficient buildings, uh, which was just released in, in, on May 17th. Uh, so the blueprint uh, explains how to integrate grid interactive technologies into federal building renovation and improvement projects, particularly using utility energy savings contracts. The blueprint uh, puts practical guidance and tools into the hands of our building operators to help them integrate uh, give technologies into current and future performance contracts. So, you know, I was wondering, Crystal, what is happening in the area of government-wide shared services efforts? And what's next in this area to expand the shared services concept to other functions? Sure. So as you probably know, agency agreement on mission support business standards is an essential first step to establishing shared services. Within the last year, the federal financial management, grants management, and travel and expense communities uh, have agreed on initial baseline business standards that will be used by our quality service management offices, which are also known as Quizmos, uh, in establishing their marketplace solutions and services. So Quizmos have been designated in four uh, mission support areas. The first is core financial management, then there's grants management, compensation management, and our search and cybersecurity services. Our Quizmos are charged with establishing and managing a marketplace of solutions and services that will be useful for fulfilling agencies' mission support needs. Uh, Most recently, in March 2021, OMB released a memo directing agencies to consult with relevant Quizmos prior to developing new or modernized technology or considering an existing provider to support execution of the American Rescue Plan Act. The, the grants QSMOs uh, has been actively engaged with multiple awarding agencies to support their implementation of the ARP. Uh, and the HR QSMOs uh, is expanding in partnership with OPM on standards development to build on success made in establishing compensation management data standards. With input from industry and agency, the Department of Treasury uh, has made progress in developing a core financial management capability framework for its marketplace. Uh, In May 2021, the Department of Homeland Security uh, and CISA and GSA issued a $10 million award for DNS resolver services, which will ensure website names, links and emails, and from addresses and emails are valid and legitimate before a user is directed to them, which will reduce the likelihood of a hacking event. In addition to that, about a year and a half ago, uh, GSA stood up a new shared service, uh, e-rulemaking. The e-rulemaking program was previously housed at EPA. Uh, E-rulemaking supports about 42 agencies in the process of making proposed rulemaking policy available for comment and facilitating agency review of those comments as they finalize their rulemaking. Uh, It's an exciting program because it supports openness, transparency, and accountability in the government. And as you know, it's foundational to our democratic values. As far as what's next uh, with regards to shared services, 
will continue to advance business standards across key mission support areas. Uh, this work will be essential in our efforts to reduce duplication and improve capabilities for mission support services across the federal government. In addition to that, each of our designated QSMOs are working to establish their own marketplace strategy. Uh, it's through these marketplaces where agencies uh, will be able to identify and procure solutions and services that meet their mission support needs. And then finally, we also expect agencies to continue to increase their adoption of existing shared services like electronic payments, uh, smart pay, dispersing services, fleet, and electronic records management. Crystal, you said that uh, the GSA's goal is to make it easier for the public to participate in the regulatory process. I was wondering, would you tell us more about the new regulations.gov? What enhanced search capabilities have been included in this iteration? And more importantly, Crystal, how does it simplify the commenting process and offer a mobile-friendly interface? We stood up the new regulations.gov, which is the public-facing site to the rulemaking system in February. Uh, and so the new uh, website has enhanced search capabilities and has a mobile-friendly mobile interface. Uh, it has a simplified commenting process uh, through a use of a standard form. The new site significantly improves the integrity of the commenting process uh, by including recapture, which only permits real people to access the site. Uh, a comment API uh, allows authorized entities to post bulk comments, uh, which means that advocacy groups and membership organizations can more effectively submit large volumes of comments on behalf of their constituencies. But at the same time, this is going to prevent bad actors from spamming uh, our site. The identities of those using the comment API are verified by GSA through a commercial provider of identity validation services to ensure that those who they say they are truly are, are, are. And together, recapture and comment API significantly uh, reduces the risk of fake comments and uh, or comments submitted under false identities, which will ultimately protect the integrity of the rulemaking process. GSA Crystal is also involved in several large scale efforts to fundamentally transform the federal IT landscape. Uh, would you tell us more about your efforts to support government-wide management of IT reporting? How are federal agencies using private sector best practices that allow them to you know, better steward federal dollars by quantifying the cost, quality, and value of their investments in technology? Sure. So the Office of Government-Wide Policy manages a community of practice uh, that assists stakeholders across the federal government in the adoption of technology business management, also known uh, in the industry as TBM. Uh, so TBM provides organizations with standards and best practices to communicate the cost, quality, and the value of our information technology. And so this helps to categorize an organization's IT spend into standard pieces that can then be modeled and benchmarked. Uh, that way an agency leadership can gain a better understanding of their organization's IT cost and performance. GSA is assisting uh, these agencies with leveraging their TBM model to improve the quality and usability of IT cost and cost performance data reporting. 
as part of the work, we regularly uh, partner with the private sector um, uh, on various IT data transparency initiatives. Uh, in fact, we we have GSA employees that sit on the TBM Council Standards Committee uh, so that the at-large committee uh, can benefit from our, our federal perspective and we can likewise improve how we track and report IT spend based on the feedback we receive from the private sector. Now, Crystal, I, I wanted to ask a follow-up around, and maybe you could elaborate more on the federal IT dashboard. What's happening in that area? Are there any changes, any more changes or enhancements on the horizon? Sure. So this is actually a very exciting time for the federal IT dashboard. Uh, GSA has been working extremely hard with OMB and other key stakeholders behind the scenes to redesign and modernize the federal IT dashboard. Uh, with the new public interface and the modern backend architecture, the new federal IT dashboard will be able to help agencies, OBM, and the public better understand where the federal government is spending its IT resources. More importantly, how these IT capabilities are supporting agencies in accomplishing their missions. Uh, so the centerpiece of this new government-wide data reporting ecosystem is a new IT data collection tool we're calling IT Collect. It's going to provide the API first approach for the collection and distribution of lean and and authoritative government-wide IT data that stakeholders can use. Uh, The new IT Collect application and the new federal IT dashboard user interface will formally replace the, the legacy federal IT dashboard application for budget year 2023. Um, It will also be made available to the public in February 2020 with the president's budget submission to Congress. What is GSA doing to enhance government-wide performance? We'll explore this question and so much more when our conversation continues on the Business of Government Hour. Welcome back to the Business of Government Hour. I'm Michael Keegan, your host, and our guest today is Crystal Brumfield, Associate Administrator of the Office of Government-Wide Policy at the U.S. General Services Administration, GSA. As I understand it, not enough agencies, federal agencies, are rationalizing applications effectively before migrating to the cloud. And apparently, all too often, federal chief information officers lack that data they need to make those decisions. Can you tell us more about your efforts within your office to help federal CIOs more effectively rationalize their apps? And I'm thinking about the form of a playbook um, as an integral part of the federal cloud smart cloud first strategy. Yeah, so Cloud Smart, uh, which is a successor to Cloud First, introduced a application rationalization, uh, which is a key to driving IT modernization. It helps federal agencies mature its IT portfolio management capabilities, empowering the leaders to then make informed decisions and improve delivery of key mission and business services. Many agencies have already informally performed some sort of application rationalization, but we wanted to take it a step further and really drive the best uh, best practices across the federal government. So back in 2009, GSA published the application rationalization playbook, and we worked since then to really refine the playbook with several agencies' input since then. This playbook uh, provides a structured approach for agencies to conduct IT portfolio management. 
We've also uh, developed some supplemental templates and toolkits for agencies to use. And we're currently establishing a uh, data taxonomy to help standardize the current state portfolio assessment across agencies. So, Crystal, federal agencies still have questions about how to modernize the infrastructure and securely allow remote access. And you pointed out earlier, operation for now has been remote. So would you tell us more about GSA's efforts to develop guidance for federal agencies regarding single sign-in cloud identities and, and digital identity risk management processes? Sure. Earlier this year, uh, GSA published a single sign-on playbook uh, offering agencies guidance on how to implement uh, the single sign-on capabilities across agencies. Uh, GSA also offers a digital identity risk assessment playbook and assessment tool to help agencies determine and manage risk at the application level uh, while managing these digital identities. That's great. So, you know, I want to switch gears from the IT area of your portfolio and the government-wide policy efforts that you're pursuing in those areas, but to to the Climate Action Plan. Can you tell us a little bit about the Climate Action Plan? Sure. So as a leading provider of workplaces, acquisition solutions, and policies for the federal government, climate change is going to challenge GSA's ability to secure uh, its valuable assets and meet policy and program objectives. Uh, So GSA has drafted its climate change risk management plan, uh, which describes the steps that we will take to develop a robust and resilient uh, capacity to manage our climate change risk and to uh, secure our federal real property and supply chain investments. Uh, By addressing these risks, uh, GSA will create an innovative economic opportunity. We're also going to create jobs, of course, save money and develop healthy, just, and proper, prosperous communities. Um, the plan was, is, will be reviewed uh, by the Council on Environment, Environmental Quality, or CEQ, and will be completed after incorporating CEQ's comments at the end of June. And then in accordance to the executive order, which is uh, 14008, uh, our GSA administrator will reaffirm our agency's commitment to manage our climate risks through an, an updated policy statement to be uh, released in conjunction with the plan. You know, um, the other issue that you talked about, the other portfolio focus that you had, Crystal, uh, I was wondering if you could elaborate on the diversity inclusion efforts and government-wide policies in this area that you're pursuing. Happy to. Um, I serve as the co-chair of GSA's equity team. Uh, and I recently published a, a blog highlighting our efforts in this area. Um, it was the first of an, of an ongoing series, so please stay posted for our progress in this space. Um, but G, GP, uh, OGP uh, is establishing spin profiles of groups within the underserved community. Uh, that's going to provide us uh, enough data to give us a baseline of what the environment looks like, and it'll allow us to, uh, to align our actions that are underway and pinpoint specific opportunities for growth and improvement. Uh, GSA is also working with the Small Business Administration uh, towards a new 8A partnership agreement, uh, which will allow our contracting officers to use the 8A program to create more opportunities for small disadvantaged business. In addition to that, through our Ability One program, OGP is creating new opportunities for Americans with disabilities. 
We've already named an, an agency-wide Ability One rep, and we're now in the process of naming additional representatives and to uh, implement strategies to increase funding for our Ability One program. As our diversity, equity, inclusion, and uh, accessibility initiatives get underway, our uh, Section 501 conformance, uh, which is the core foundation of all of our digital accessibility efforts, will continue to mature across the agency. And we're going to continue to work with other agencies so that new technologies will help improve equity and inclusion for people with disabilities. Um, as you can imagine, uh, our work continues to evolve with current priorities, uh, and we'll continue to prioritize equity and integrate it across GSA evaluations, data systems, and our evidence building activities. You know, that's a great transition to understanding what's going on and what it is, is Workplace 2030. Can you tell us more about that effort? How are things changing and how you know, more importantly, how has the pandemic impacted the vision of Workplace 2030? Mm -hmm. I think this is probably one of the most exciting areas for me because we see Workplace 2030 as a once-in-a-generation opportunity to really just reimagine the way that we work and the way that we use our workplaces across government. GSA is the leader uh, in developing the new ecosystem of spaces, technologies, and behavioral supports, which will enable our offices to flourish in the future. We believe that uh, this past year has proven that most work can be done remotely. Uh, still, the workplace is, is going to be critical for the future of our federal work. Um, but uh, it would just need to be refocused in really three key areas. The first is we'll need to provide more space for collaboration for both planned and spontaneous interactions. Uh, the second one is that the workplace will house work that can't be done effectively uh, from home. And then finally, the workplace will also have to provide an alternative for those who cannot or just simply don't want to work from home. Uh, and so Workplace 2030 will allow the government to reduce our impact on climate by reducing our emissions from buildings and from commuting. Uh, and uh, uh, simultaneously, we will uh, make investments in our economy through our buildings and infrastructure, our technology, and our equipment. Our Center for Workplace Strategy is going to test these new tools and methods uh, for GSA, and then we'll begin to deploy them to help other agencies do the same. Crystal, I was wondering, you know, how is your office, the Office of Government-Wide Policy, helping federal agencies to use evaluation practices and data analytics to make better decisions and with the ultimate goal of improving services to the public? Sure. So within OGP, we have the Office of Evaluation Sciences, or OES, uh, which is a team of uh, experts that work across the government to help agencies build and use evidence. Uh, this office works with agency partners to design rigorous evaluations, embed evaluations into their ongoing operations, and to use existing administrative data for evidence building activities. To date, OES has completed over 75 randomized evaluations with over 20 agency partners. Um, and with the passage of the Evidence-Based Policy Making Act, 
OGP has expanded our set of resources and training to support agencies in the development of their learning agendas, their annual evaluation plans, and to conduct evaluations and evidence building activities. Uh, OGP also has an Office of Evidence and Analysis, uh, which we commonly call OEA. Uh, this office acts as a centralized internal data service for all of OTP's policy offices. It primarily is responsible for collecting, managing, analyzing, visualizing, and publishing all of OGP government-wide data sets. Uh, to date, OEA has developed and published more than 30 interactive tools and dashboards uh, to help agencies understand their asset management and mission support data as it compares to other agencies. So as a result so far, OEA uh, has also built a repository of management data of more than 55 multi-year government-wide data sets that really just enables integration and more in-depth analytics on agency and government-wide performance for OGP and OMB policy development initiatives. I was wondering, Crystal, we're talking, turning to acquisition, the acquisition part of your portfolio. And I was wondering, what is being done from a government-wide policy perspective to transform how acquisition is done by federal agencies? And what ways are being pursued to help and to make the process more transparent, you know, less burdensome and more open to diverse vendors? Sure. So GSA has launched uh, the Inform Pilot. Uh, which was launched in early uh, October 2018. And this pilot uh, simply just focuses on enhancing the post-award experience of our industry partners. So essentially, our goal, our goal here is to provide the industry with unsolicited insight into why they did or did not receive or win an award, with the hope that the added information will help them improve their future submissions. In addition, the FAR Council, uh, to which GSA is a member, uh, has rules in progress to support transparency, such as providing explanations to unsuccessful offerers on certain orders in the effort to provide offerers and contractors the opportunity to provide feedback on the acquisition process so that agencies can then improve. Uh, in response to the COVID-19 pandemic, GSA has uh, issued actually a number of policies uh, when adapting to the new way of contracting in the virtual environment. For instance, uh, we no longer require uh, wet signatures on documents, and we're now allowing for more virtual meetings uh, as opposed to in-person meetings. And the FAR Council is taking a step to really just open FAR cases to memorialize these changes uh, into the FAR. Uh, also, GSA has issued policy uh, improving GSA insights into contractor performance. We're outlining a process for contractors to provide self-assessment. In fact, we've heard a lot of positive feedback from the industry on this practice. And we're also recently issued, we've issued guidance to our workforce on how and when to perform on-ramping to improve competition. What does the future hold for GSA's Office of Government-Wide Policy? We'll explore this question and so much more when our conversation continues on the Business of Government Hour.
Welcome back to the Business of Government Hour. I'm Michael Keegan, your host, and our guest today is Crystal Brumfield, Associate Administrator of the Office of Government-Wide Policy at the U.S. General Services Administration, GSA. I ask a lot of my guests about the use of collaboration and partnerships among agencies and with the private sector, Crystal, to achieve mission results. I was wondering, how are you leveraging partnerships and collaboration to improve operations, achieve program outcomes, and and, and mission execution? Sure. So as I mentioned before, to tackle uh, the climate crisis, we have a really close relationship uh, with CEQ. But in, this, in addition to that, I'm, I'm really excited about the two uh, task groups that we've stood up and have chartered. Uh, the first is the Environmental Justice and Equality for Federal Building uh, Green Buildings Task Group, really is w- which is charged with identifying and proposing effective approaches to improve environmental justice and equity in our federal sustaining building process. Um, and also enhancing the engagement with communities and key partners throughout the life cycle uh, of our buildings. Uh, The second task group is the GSA Advisory Committee on Decarbonization, uh, which is tasked with exploring opportunities and challenges for reducing greenhouse gas emissions uh, with aligning the national climate goals and action plans through the use of renewable energy and energy efficiency, electrification, and smart building technologies at federal facilities. Um, These two working groups will will be meeting uh, virtually. So these web-based meetings uh, will allow the task group members to develop a consensus of recommendations and provide it to the full committee, uh, which will in turn decide whether to proceed with formal guidance to GSA based upon these recommendations. So this is just one way that we're really pulling in uh, our stakeholders and engaging with our partners, both in the private sector and across government. Transitioning to the future, Crystal, um, would you give us a sense of some of the key issues that will will be, will be of, of import um, for the government-wide portfolio over the next few years? Sure. So environmental social and government, uh, which in the private sector, we, we know it as ESG. Uh, so these are factors that are really going to help us evaluate how far we've, we've advanced uh, with sustainability. Uh, and it's going to also help us uh, measure the impact of our decisions today. And so these, these areas, environmental, social, and governance, I really see as uh, the key issues that will really drive us, uh, drive us forward and be an influence on our government-wide portfolio. Crystal, what, what advice uh, would you give someone who's thinking about a career in public service? Hmm. So one of my favorite mottos in life is just do it, right? We all know where that comes from. Uh, but and I'm saying just, just do it as the advice that I would give because um, it's, a, it's a privilege and honor to be a, a, a public servant. And in fact, um, the opportunity to be a public servant, um, you know, doesn't happen for, for everyone. But I'll tell you that why, why it's probably been um, important for me in my career is because it's just been the most fulfilling opportunity that, that I've had so far. Um, and I don't take the opportunity lightly. It's been uh, an incredible experience to work with the people that I work with every day, very passionate, dedicated, uh, other public servants. And so I would just say, just do it to anyone who's on the fence, on the edge, or even just considering a, a career in public service. That's great. Yeah. Crystal, I want to thank you 
for taking some time out of your busy schedule to join us today and for a really interesting conversation. Thanks for being with us. Thank you so much. I really appreciated the opportunity. This has been the Business of Government Hour, a conversation with Crystal Brumfield, Associate Administrator of the Office of Government-Wide Policy at the U.S. General Services Administration, GSA. Be sure to join us next week for another informative, insightful, and in-depth conversation on improving government and its effectiveness. Until then, subscribe, download, and listen to the entire interview at Podcast One, iTunes, or on your favorite podcast app, and as always at businessofgovernment.org. For the Business of Government Hour, I'm Michael Keegan, and thanks for joining us. This has been the Business of Government Hour. Be sure to visit us on the web at businessofgovernment.org. There you can learn more about our programs and get a transcript of today's conversation. Until next week, it's businessofgovernment.org.